0: Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson.
1: All right, welcome back to Inside Sources. I am Derek Brown. I'm here with my co-host and favorite host of the day, favorite co-host of the day, favorite Leah Favorite host of the day. Exactly. It's of a,
2: all the days. Of all the
1: co-hosts I've had today. <laughs> you are the favorite. And so we're going to talk briefly about if you're like Leah and I yesterday and maybe the day before, in your or yesterday I guess, being it was Monday, in your mailbox you probably received W-2s. 1099s. And it's that time of year where you start getting tax forms and it reminds you that you need to do your taxes, which is always an unpleasant experience. And <laughs> yeah. I don't know of anyone that, that uh, enjoys doing it. So the tax season has begun. And it's this is also the first post-pandemic tax season. I don't know so, what that
2: means. Haven't we been post-pandemic for... It,
1: it feels like it, but I think officially this is the oh, first okay. one where gotcha. the pandemic has sort of ended... And a lot of changes have happened. And 2020, oh, so like none of
2: the things that we were getting in the pandemic are now going to apply. Is that what you're saying?
1: Well, I'm saying that we're going to actually have a lot of the the the, the delays that happened. Well, at least we thought were not going to happen. And in 2020, they basically just gave everyone an extension. Right. Okay. Right. I mean, gotcha. like like we were on lockdown on April 15th, right? And so they just sort of gave everyone an extension. And so you would hope that they've now had time to clear the backlog. The IRS has picked things up. They're moving forward. And the reality is I think it sounds like it's exactly the opposite. And so to break it down for us today, we have Garrett Watson, who is a senior policy analyst and modeling manager at the Tax Foundation, where Garrett conducts research on federal and state tax policy. And he wrote a piece recently about this very thing. So, Garrett, thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources. Thanks for having me. Hey, tell us a little bit about kind of what Americans are going to expect. Being that this is the first sort of post-pandemic tax season, what are we what are we looking forward to, and how how is this different than past years?
3: Right. So, I think you uh, you got summed it up well, and this is the first tax season in uh, in a few years, at least three years, uh, where pandemic-related policy changes aren't going to impact the tax season uh, a ton compared to previous years. So, you know, people probably remember uh, the last couple of years claiming their, uh, if they hadn't already claimed their stimulus checks in the mail, claiming that on their tax return, uh, you had opportunities for expanded uh, credits for children, uh, as well as, you know, expanded deductions for charitable contributions. Uh, All of that is uh, going back to where it was pre-pandemic. So, that generally means, uh, bottom line, for a lot of folks who were used to getting a large refund due to all that pandemic aid, run through the tax code, uh, you're going to see a more normalized refund, uh, similar to maybe what you got in 2019, uh, all else equal than you got during the pandemic. So that's one thing to, to be aware of, I think, when you're heading into, into here I and mean, you've gotten used to those larger-than-normal uh, refunds. Uh, the other thing that I think you all also uh, uh, hinted at was, uh, despite the fact that we're going back to a pre-pandemic policy as it relates to how much you might get in a refund, uh, we're still dealing with an IRS that is still trying to catch up on their backlog of millions of, of paper tax returns from prior uh, tax seasons. So that is something where uh, the IRS continue to encourage folks, if they can, to file electronically uh, and to uh, either uh, we to prepare, it, prepare it yourself or working with a tax preparer to uh, make sure everything is, uh, is squared away properly the first time. So you can get your refund calculated and sent to you as quickly as possible. That'll still be that is one commonality from what we've seen in the past years that the IRS is still trying to catch up from all of the paper returns they were dealing with during the pandemic.
2: All right. So I was reading in your article um, and that the IRS had reneged on some 1099 reporting requirements that impacts the gig economy. Can you talk to me? Because I'm not at the yes. tax foundation. <laughs> like, I don't really know what all that means. But what did they promise? What did they renege on and what's going on?
3: Yeah, basically uh, about a year and a half ago uh, what, what what under prior law existed was if you were a gig economy worker and uh, you know you earned some income that's all of course taxable income but you have to remit that yourself because you're not having a such deal on behalf of the, um, of the of the platform you're working for uh, but you have to in order to get a form from the IRS known as a form 1099 that reported that income it was a fairly high bar it was you know twenty thousand dollars and 200 transactions. So that meant most gig economy workers did not get that form. Uh, that was changed. Congress about a year and a half ago reduced that to $600, meaning a lot of folks who were not getting that form before reporting how much they earned all of a sudden was being sent to the IRS. And there was a worry at the end of last year that that was going to cause a lot of chaos in this tax season because people weren't prepared uh, to deal with all of these new forms they were getting and how to think about them in terms of their what they actually owe in tax. And so the IRS actually decided uh, late in december to push that a year so that will not be a problem for this tax season uh the prior rules that existed before that change are still going to be in effect and instead we're going to have to deal with that next year um the other places that's come up uh, before is folks you know uh sending money through venmo or paypal or other digital platforms like that um and that's something uh similarly will be dealt with next tax season this year uh that that change won't be in effect
1: so, Garrett, there's this backlog that's out there. Now, the Inflation Reduction Act authorized 87,000 – was that the number? 87,000 new IRS agents. Um, with that in mind, I'm assuming that the backlog uh, will be cleared pretty quickly as they start hiring. And, and not only that, but but the other thing that I've noticed is there are a lot of people now – and this I've done this myself now – who are filing electronically – Um, doing, you know, ACH transfers to the IRS. So there's literally no more writing checks. There's no more filling out, uh, you know, signing your tax statement. I mean, everything's Mm -hmm. electronic. It's instantaneous. Your refund comes, you know, to your account. I mean, so between that and 87,000 new IRS agents, I'm assuming not only will there not be a backlog, but, I mean, will there be an increased level of, dare I say, efficiency I, I don't know. I shudder when I use that word in the, in the context of the IRS. But will there be increased efficiency with the agency?
3: Yeah, I think there is some hope that uh, combine, combining both this additional resource uh, of $80 billion uh, plus the you know winding down of pandemic relief and all the extra work that that entailed and the disruptions of the pandemic for so the IRS will be set uh, in a better footing moving forward. They have made progress on a lot of this backlog. Uh, you know, uh, they're, they're down about half from where they were um about a year ago or about nine months ago so that that is good news another thing that they're really prioritizing in addition to the hire you just mentioned to clear the backlog is actually automating uh the um the process for evaluating paper returns meaning that will for folks who do need to use paper uh or prefer to use paper that will uh make things um more uh easier on average than it had been in the past um and the irs is this year uh, as you mentioned uh you really um emphasizing for folks that they want to maximize their chance of not having any issues with their uh, processing their return or getting a refund, uh, uh, doing this all electronically and uh, doing direct deposit for that return is, uh, is going to be the best, uh, the best way to maximize their chance of not running into any issues. Uh, we don't expect issues to deteriorate relative to the last couple of years, but uh, I think it will be not until next year where we see you know, dramatic improvement there. The other place where I think we could see some improvement is on just responsiveness when folks do have questions. Uh, of course, a lot of folks have seen the stats that uh, folks aren't aware. A lot of IRS, uh, the IRS overall is only picking out about 10% of calls. So 90% of people are having a lot of difficulty reaching anyone there. And the hope is that that will go way up over the next you know, year or two, up to back to where it was the target before, which is closer to 80%. So that is obviously going to be another really big improvement for folks who are often have questions and don't know who to turn to uh, at the agency if they, if they do run into some problems.
2: All right. So in your article, you say that for this year's tax filing season, the IRS would have to create or revise 24 tax forms as well as create or update 29 tax forms and modify 20 information technology systems. Garrett, like, isn't it time maybe for a much more simple tax code?
3: That's right. Yeah, we, we have continued the trend over the last, you know, few years where we're trying to run a lot of, uh, of relief uh, and, of course, uh, social policy through the tax code, and that makes the code more uh, more expansive and harder to administer every time we do that. And that's been an uphill battle for the IRS, right, over the last few years, where uh, you know they were under had capacity challenges prior to the pandemic, and the fact that a lot of our pandemic relief was run through the tax code. Um, And then a lot of folks, of course, were uh, supported then, but at the same time, it really put the agency underwater. Great. And we've seen that continuing this
1: year. Hey, thank you, Garrett. Senior Policy Analyst at the Tax Foundation, thank you for joining us. Thank you. And thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources. Stick around for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News.
2: KSL Salt Lake
0: City, live team coverage, Eye on the Hill 2023 on KSL News Radio, your all day companion for news.
2: Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night.
0: Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do
2: when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was
3: violent, it was senseless.